Welcome to the Curious Women Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Fignano, and I'm here with my co-host, Meg Hager. Here, we're going to have chats about women's health to teach you the things that you didn't know you didn't know. <sighs> I I don't even know how... To, the words are here, and now they're not coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's I guess common. Yeah. I think I just wanted to say hello once again to all our fellow curious women who listen. Kylie and I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about the recent decision from the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade because as a health podcast that focuses on women's health, it would be remiss of us to not say anything about it. And while we're not here to inflate anything further, we just really wanted to make sure and so Kylie, I don't mean to speak to you <laughs> for I you. I mean, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. You're finding the words. I think it's good. Yeah. I, we, I think we both just really wanted to say that for anyone who's feeling really disempowered and maybe hopeless right now, we see you, we hear you, we love you. I think both of us are feeling a lot of the same pain and just that's, that's all. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I've found the words either. Yeah, no, I think I think um, in alignment with what we are always saying here, in alignment with what we feel regardless of the detail of what we're talking about is that you, all people, all the people <laughs> deserve to be able to make choices for themselves that feel um, informed and safe and accessible. And, um, you know, this is no exception. I feel that way across the board about all things Mm -hmm. that have been going on the last few years for all humans. And, um, this, this is no exception. So yeah, we are absolutely not getting political. We are not getting religious. We are not getting anything. What we are doing is saying, for those of you who might be having a hard time with this on either side of it, to be honest with you, if you're having a hard time, we see you. Um, we see you. Yeah, that's all. We see you. And we wanted to just sort of, we felt we needed to acknowledge it without going on and on and on. Okay. And we're starting to go on and on. So we're going to just say, we yeah. see you and we love you and we are you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of it too is like you and I have tried very hard to make our podcast a place where people can learn in a very fun way and it doesn't have to be, even though we talk about things that are important and serious topics, we don't, we know that there is plenty online right now about what's going on. And so we wanted to find a way to acknowledge it that felt good to us, but not Mm. to further like throw alcohol on the cut every you know we just don't want to be so yeah um I think if it's okay with you Kylie I have I actually made a list of things that I'm going to be doing like action steps if anyone feels like they want to make action and I can make a separate little like show note thing if you if that's okay with I you. think that would be really great yeah okay maybe so, it'll inspire people maybe it'll help them feel not alone mm-hmm. yeah that's just fine. Yeah. And I also want to say this list of actions is not coming from a place of like me knowing what to do or me thinking I know what to do. It's just these are the things that I thought I could take for me personally that would help me feel 
like I'm doing something or, you know, anything other than how I felt. (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone else wants, if that's helpful to anyone else, I'm happy to share that. So that will be in posted somewhere. (laughs) Thanks, Meg. Yeah. Yeah. You know, guys, we love you. Yeah. That's, I think that's the, that's the message I think to send, you know, solidarity period. That's it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Here we go. On to more fun topics like postpartum depression. <laughs> Good. We're, yeah, we're here. There it is. That is it. That's it. <laughs>Can I just say we've got four ladies today and Meg, I was telling them that you and I talk over each other often enough. And with four of us all, (laughs) it's going to be a shit show. So buckle up guys. Cause it's (laughs) just, just be here for it. Cause that's just, just exactly what you would anticipate. Um, But let me ask actually Kate and Michelle, what are you guys drinking over there? Do you have anything fun going on? Okay, so I I am I'm a matcha person. Oh, so mm. I have my own matcha latte concoction that I make um, with protein, with collagen and honey and mm. whole milk. And then also this is this is what my cup says. Today's co- <laughs> it oh says today's God. goal: keep the tiny humans alive. Um, <laughs> A virtual cheers to all mothers. Yes. Yay, cheers. <laughs> cheers. That is oh hysterical. I've for 30-something years. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. That's a Perfect. great segue. Yeah. We have a, a dynamite mother-daughter duo with us today, guys, um, which is why I said we have four people here. Um, so they were telling us that maybe unsurprising to any of you um any of you mothers who also have daughters that they also talk over each other all the time and constantly (laughs) interrupt each other so it is gonna be you you should all feel right at home today (laughs) um but what what i'm gonna have you guys um introduce yourselves but i want to let everybody know our topic today can be an emotional one and i i think that we're gonna we're going to hear Kate's story about this, but we're going to be talking about postpartum and, and I'm not really sure exactly where we're going to let this conversation take us. So um, if you're tuning in and it feels like something that hits home for you right now, and you're not quite ready to tune in, save it for later. If this has been something that you're curious about or that you've experienced yourself and you are ready, this is going to be perfect. We're going to offer you support. We're going to offer you, well, we aren't. Kate and Michelle are going to <laughs> offer you. We're just here for the ride. <laughs> we're here for the ride. Um, some insight and action um, to take from a lot of different perspectives. And um, I, I think maybe the most important thing is that you should feel a sense of community and a sense of not being alone. Uh, and from what the four of us here have heard from clients and friends and each other, that is a common feeling. That's a common feeling of just feeling like, you know, in the dark alone. So uh, let's, let's go. Yeah. Kate, Michelle, introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do. Tell us, tell us all about you. Go. And also all finish right. telling us what you're drinking over there. And too, also finish only one of us is, we only got half the squad. So go okay. ahead and tell us okay. what you're doing so, and what you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I'm drinking 
this is sound it will sound contradictory but it is a cbd energy drink oh nice i do that all the time all the and time i put tea like uh adaptogenic tea or something yeah. in my yep. in my yeah i got it <laughs> yeah so, yeah. Yep. So that's that's what I've got here. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, Meg, I'm gonna take a guess at what you're doing. Mm, Ovacetol <laughs> in water, some kind of tea. Your tea is ginseng tea, and you've like got a smoothie. What, how oh how off am I? You're so funny because what I did today is actually I combined it all in the smoothie. So. We ah! have, <laughs> That's great. Trying trying to conserve glasses here. We got we got the overseas all in there. We got I made the ginseng tea the base of my smoothie, and okay. then I threw in some other stuff in there. So it's oh, all in that there. is so funny. Oh, I hate being right. It's just disgusting. <laughs> oh, Meg, I bet you can guess what I'm drinking too, though. What am I? What have I got? <laughs> If I had to guess, you have your 2 p.m. coffee. That's right there. Maybe the force is there. Oh, my God, I'm wrong. <laughs> Only because I finished it right before this call. You are not wrong. I had it at 2 o'clock. Yeah. But you know, you know, you know what this is. It's not, it's not green. Are we drinking Olipop? <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. The tropical the post, punch one. Like, let's be honest. The poster child for Olipop over here. I'm really trying. I am zero shame about this. Zero shame. Bring it on. Olipop, you want to sponsor us? We're here. We love you. We will sponsor (laughs) you. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Now now we'll let you. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So um, I'm Kate. I'm the daughter of the mother-daughter duo. Um, I, my background is actually, um, in psychology and I have a, um, or I'm a board certified health coach. So, um, yeah, been doing that for about three years now. Um, and we teamed up about two years ago, Mm -hmm. um, to work with your one-on-one, my one-on-one, one of the clients. Yes, I was tired um, of being health coach and yeah, so. ah. yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we started she our current company about um about a year ago now, where we um, really just wanted to at first we wanted to really narrow in on women's health in like in general just because there's such we a gap. Just, yeah there's such a gap and we just feel like women get inferior treatment in medical community. Um, in general. <laughs> so, mm. so we started there and, and as we started to um, like connect with more women and we, we saw more clients, we started seeing trends, right. Of certain, of certain people um, and postpartum depression, anxiety, mood disorders, really just any kind of like challenges that women were experiencing um, kept coming up and they kept coming up quite a bit. And it's kind of one of those things of like what you attract, like, you know, you know, like who's, who you're going to attract. And it was really interesting for me because of, of my personal story, which we'll get into later, but I'll let you introduce. This is what we mean. It's like, I talk and then she has to. Introduce. It's amazing. It's so great. Go ahead. Again, and you'll feel at home, people. Yeah. yeah. I could talk plenty. That's yeah. really not a problem. Um, I don't know where she gets it from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, so I'm Michelle, the other half of the duo. Um, 
I'm a I'm board certified nurse practitioner. Most of my career actually was pediatrics and trauma. And yeah. it wasn't until like the last few years, I left conventional about, gosh, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, it kind of just moved more toward family and then ended up more, I guess, <laughs> women are usually the ones that go out and seek help, right? We either seek yeah. help for ourselves or for, you know, the other Ooh. Ain't that the other the gender oh, <laughs> we're bringing like bringing them along or yes. this so mm-hmm. um so anyway so the practice kind of was probably 99 percent women and one percent male mm-hmm. and um so it was just kind of a natural transition to just really start to focus on um women's just specifically women's health so um yeah and then kate came alongside um to work i had a one-on-one practice um, for many years. And it was, um, it's difficult because you really want to reach so many more people and there's just so many hours in the day, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, and the referrals keep coming and you're just feeling like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I just, I, I have, I have to like replenish. I can't keep going. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, so that's where our kind of our partnership came in. Yep. And that's how we, once we, when we started, she, we actually wanted to move into offering group programming um and like you were saying this community feel like that is one of our like biggest Biggest um missions and like one of the things we started this company for was because women not only do we need community (laughs) we thrive off of community we also know Mm -hmm. that when women are well cared for and their needs are met that we actually are the ones that pour into our communities and make our communities stronger, which then in turn makes the world just better. And so <laughs> just totally. that. And totally. so as a bigger mission, like we were like, you know what, group programming really just made a lot of sense um, as far as being able to reach more people, being able to reach more people at a more affordable rate, because it, it, as you guys know, functional medicine isn't covered by insurance um, a lot of the times. and um people need the support can't often afford it out of pocket so this is a really great way to do it at a more affordable price point for people and then also create start to create these communities um so that yeah that's really what we're doing as as she as um the she brand so i love that name too it's just very like right it's immediately you know sort of some semblance of what you do that's actually cool it is it's funny it's actually an acronym (laughs) and we did it yeah yeah so it stands for superior health experience Mm, that's Um, amazing and it's something it's so funny like it it started that way and it's something we don't play like we don't really play up no because it's just like a better part of our mission and um, then when people hear that, they're like, oh, that's so great. You're like, yeah, we really yeah. should talk about that more. <laughs> Actually, it is great. That's right. Yeah. We forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah, when you're talking about you. when you're talking about your group program, so we've got a, a, um, a health coach yeah. and a nurse practitioner. You're yeah. doing integrative work. And actually, Michelle, I'd love to hear just briefly what was your decision around leaving the conventional medical system and moving toward more functional approaches and bringing Kate in? Like, what was that like for you? Um, well, I mean, really, it was born out of frustration and everything that, you know, you work in and you see and you see day to day and the chronic illness that, you know, 
I mean, I was a pill pusher. Let's just be honest, yes. you know, and, um, and, and it was constant and it just gets to the point. I mean, it just like, it just weighs on your soul. There's no, there's no care. There's no joy. There's no, um, you know, helping people live a better life, any of those kinds of things. And, and actually, um, the thing that really broke the camels, the straw that broke the camels back, I had a lot of patients that had cancer, but my sister was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And, um, and it was, it kind of hit me like pretty hard. (laughs) And, um, and we took a, we took a trip around the country, saw a bunch of doctors, everybody had their own their own little silo they wanted to operate in, their own little, mm. never never asked about her, never looked at her as an individual and said, what's best for you? You know, just kept throwing things at her. And I just looked at her one day and I'm like, screw it. Like, yeah. we're done. We're going to do things my way. <laughs> <laughs> but, and she went along for the ride because, you know, there really weren't a lot of good options. And I think that that was kind of where, and, she, and she's great today. Oh, oh good. Good, good. Yes. Yeah. She's completely wonderful yeah um no cancer and um but, wow. but yeah wow. it was, it, yeah but it was like that really solidified it for me and that's Thank where you. i was like no we are so done i am so done with that and i just need to be able to when people come to see me have time to spend with them hear them build a relationship um you know and then really dig deep and figure out like you know stuff doesn't fall out of the sky and hit you on the head it you know it, it happens over time so let's figure it out reverse it and get you moving now yeah. meg mm-hmm. you and i talk about our experiences and therefore informed opinions about <laughs> a lot of conventional methods and mm-hmm. i i think that we try to also share like hey not everybody is like that so mm-hmm. this is really interesting for all of you to hear it's not just us, right? This is this is a, a health practitioner in the field who's seeing the same thing and personally experiencing it. And I actually think it's a really interesting perspective because it helps us soften a little bit too. I bet there are other people like you, Michelle, who aren't in a position where they feel confident enough to leave and do something their way. And yeah. I... And I not to say we don't need more people like that, but it's nice to see that it isn't just the patients who might be feeling it. It very well might be the practitioners too. Just appreciate that perspective. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. That's a great point. So, um, go ahead, Meg. I would like to hear Kate's story. <laughs> Me to too. That's what I was okay. going to say. <laughs> Your turn. Yeah. My turn. Yeah. Um. Well. It, to start, I, I'll start from the beginning, but um, so I, when I was, I got pregnant with my daughter. She was a surprise. <laughs> um, I'd only been married six months at the time. <laughs> I'd have a little bit more time, but you know, it's all good. Um, and I, at, at that point in time, so this is about three years ago, I had just, you know, it's funny. So she functional medicine person over here, she had been doing it for many years. And not that I, um, I had dipped my toe in the world. Um, but when I got pregnant was really when I started looking into my values changed. Like I was like, I have to do it better now because of this little person. And so that's actually when I 
decided to do the, the health coach certification and go through the school for that and everything. And I ended up doing like, which I never thought I would be this person, but I ended up doing like an all natural home birth, which Wow. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> that is my dream. I was like, you know, I, I fully, and this is where I think I got cocky. <laughs> I fully thought that I like understood like my body enough. And I was like, oh, I'm in functional functional medicine world like I understand this holistically like mm -hmm. if I just do all these right things you know like I I'll, I'm gonna be great and I did it I didn't prepare for I didn't, I barely prepared for birth I, I didn't prepare for anything that was about to happen after mm -hmm. um and I was just like under this impression that um like I like baby was just gonna come out. I was gonna instantly bond with the baby. I was gonna know how to breastfeed because that's a natural part of life, right? Mm. <laughs> and that if I just continued to like take care of myself and all these things, then I, you know, I'm not gonna have depression or anxiety. Like that's I don't I that's not me. Like I've never and I'm I've never experienced those things before. Um, so it was not even on my radar. Um, and basically what, what happened, I had, um, I had a hard time in the beginning because, um, I had kind of a, not, it wasn't traumatic, like nothing traumatic happened besides like giving birth, but it was, <laughs> I mean, some people would consider well, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful trauma. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It That's it. Um, but nothing like, you know overly tra overly traumatic happened and but i i remember i was even right after she came out i was disappointed because i didn't have this like immediate connection i was like happy she was here but like no one explained to me that like sometimes especially because like birth depletes you of all of your like happy hormones Joe, but yeah. you can have your pain relief during your, you know, and so no one really explains this to you. And so like, I, I thought I was going to be like, have all the love feelings, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, Oh, later on figured out like, Oh no, those were gone. You know, 20 <laughs> hours in like you used all those up, you know, yeah. <laughs> so that immediately coming out was like kind of a big slap in the face disappointment for me that I, I carried. So I started carrying that with me because mm. that was my first, like, maybe I'm not a good mom moment. Oh maybe my God. So, and I didn't understand the depletion that was happening in, in my own body. So immediately it was a mental, like, you know, okay. Um, so as, as that went on, I am also the person that doesn't sit still well. I, um, I'm like, Oh, my midwife was like, you need to be in bed for like X amount of time. And I was like, screw that. Like I can do everything. <laughs> I'm super woman. Um, I like, I didn't, I didn't rest didn't properly. Rest I didn't really rest at all. Um, wow. I was even like, I remember like four days after birth and I was like, look at me, I'm out on a walk. I'm like, you know, just stupid stuff. Oh my God. And, um, and yeah, so, I I didn't take care of myself, or I thought I was taking care of myself, but I wasn't taking care of myself the right way. And so that kept, I kept just like depleting my body, depleting my body. And it wasn't until I would say she was about five or six months that 
that things kind of took a turn for the worse. Like I, I remember, and it's hard to like really think back on it because I, I remember during the first six months just kind of being like, okay, well, having a newborn's hard, having a baby's hard, like that I just have to like try harder. I just have to do more, you know? And, and, and then I'm going to feel better or, or whatever it was. And I still, um, it still wasn't getting better. And the problem was, is during that first six months, I wasn't talking about it either. Like I didn't, I didn't share it with anybody because from the moment she came out to the whole six months, you're like the compounding feelings of like, I'm just a horrible person, you know, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling resentful towards the people that get to continue living on with their lives like you know Mm -hmm. while i'm sitting here having to take care of this baby you're grieving like a former version of yourself a former Mm -hmm. life um i was feeling like really guilty and like ashamed of having those feelings Mm um so i just started to isolate more and more and more but i pushed my family away i was pushing my husband away Uh, So I was losing the connection with him, losing the connection with the baby. And it was like kind of this slow process that I didn't even really recognize taking place. I think the Mm -hmm. feelings of just feeling like I was a bad person were kind of taking over. Um, And by about six, six, seven months, she was about six or seven months. um, I was like asking, I started asking for help, but I started asking for help in a way that wasn't clear Uh, which I I don't want to say is my fault because I didn't know really what I was asking help for, but I remember just starting to voice, like, I'm just super unhappy. Um, you know, I was crying at this point. I was like crying every day. I, I can kind of chuckle about it now, but there's like a point where I would like go in my closet every night with like a bottle of wine and I just sit there, you know, and like every night consistently. And, uh, I think at about eight months, I was, it was my character and judgment at that point was like out the window. I, I was in a place where I was like, I'm so miserable that like, and I maybe like would, maybe I would find some relief, right? So that was, and she was eight months at that point where I was like, you know, kind of at the lowest point, I would say. And um, the negative beliefs about yourself. And um, I remember my my mom, like, I, I it's so weird. Like, I remember calling my mom and I, like, had no emotion. And I was just like, hey, like, I, I'm going to leave. Like, it was no emotion, you know. I was like, I'm just going to blow up my family. Like, see you later. And she's like, wow. What is going? You know, like, at that point, she's like, what is going on? And, and um, Kate, Kate, is this the first time that she was kind of being clued into what was going on? Like, yeah, it went from like not really talking about it to, hey, I'm yeah. leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I remember people throughout, like before that time period, kind of just being like, yep, motherhood's hard. And you're like, mm. okay, <laughs> that's wow. super not helpful. And also then that makes you feel more inadequate because you're like, I, like one a is this just how people like walk around feeling and b if it's not like i really do suck wow <laughs> because everyone's Gosh. just brushing it off like it's just this like yeah yeah it's hard to be a new mom and you're like 
it sh but it shouldn't be like this, right? Mm. Um, and that was, so yeah, it was the first time that I really like ha had told, told anybody and it wasn't in an emotional way. It was just in a very like clear cut, like, no, nope, this is where I am now. And, right. and then she obviously like came alongside of me um, and my husband came alongside of me and there was a lot of understanding, um, but it took me talking through a lot of things too with them for a few weeks to kind of air out what was actually going on. And I remember when my mom was like, like, you know, this is depression. And I remember her telling me that and I was like, no, it's not. Like, even then I was like, I am not depressed. And I don't know why, you know, there's, the, there is a stigma around, around depression. But I remember yeah. like that, I remember it being so surreal being like, no, I'm not like, that's not what this is. Like, so all along this whole yeah. eight month experience yeah. at no point were you able to connect for yourself? Oh, this is postpartum depression. And mm. even when a health professional, right, your mother <laughs> says to yeah. you, hey, yeah. no, that it is what you're seeing. It was yeah. like, that's not real. me. That doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. 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 that doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. the things. I check the boxes. I know my body. That wouldn't right. happen, right? Is this what right. you're thinking? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and there's that like, okay, if I if I accept that I'm depressed, then it's like an, the ultimate failure. You know, mm. like that is the how Whoa. like how did i get there and how and and you know i should be grateful and i should feel all these things so it was it was really a really hard place to admit but then i remember so once we got to the point where i was like okay i'm gonna accept this i was like well i remember looking at her and be like well mom <laughs> i'm not doing like we're not doing it like i'm not doing the antidepressants like mm. that's not we're not doing that and she's like no we're not doing that and i was like okay <laughs> what is the option? Mm. Like, what do we do? You know, because that is the, that's the, you know, neon sign option for women, postpartum women, but like for this di diagnosis, quote unquote, is, mm. is medication. And, mm. and it just, you know, I was lucky enough, I guess, to have the education that I had and know um, that that's not what I wanted to do, that mm. I was going to find another way. But then it was like, how, unfortunate and it is for women that like are super desperate they're in that place they're like i'm desperate i don't want to ruin my family i need to get out of here i'm gonna take the medication like duh right. of don't course. have another option of course. Um, so yeah so i remember at that point she was like okay this is you know we put together a game plan if you will <laughs> yeah yeah and um and this was really like she so I'll, I'll preface it by saying so when my mom had worked with postpartum women before um she worked a lot with depletion so this is where we started and what i what we mean with like postpartum depletion was um when you you know when you give birth and go through pregnancy you're depleted i mean everyone's depleted that's just natural yeah. but mm -hmm. postpartum depletion is really that compounding of of things that take place where you don't replenish after birth those first 40 days when you're not replenishing what needs to be replenished it compounds you know your body doesn't like have reserves of these things oh my <laughs> like, gosh well no you wonder you yeah. use your your reserve for nine months and right. then all of a sudden you have to it's like the baby comes out and it's like oh shoot we have a human yeah. being to keep yeah. alive like you yeah. don't get a chance to stop at all or replenish right. at all oh my gosh right and so and today's and today's culture really tells us like First of all, we're not, we're not, um, 
Mm. We're not getting that generational wisdom anymore that was passed down from generation. Like I think even her, like my mom's generation of care uh, was maybe even worse than ours. <laughs> like, yeah, way more they, closed-minded. Yeah, yeah. So like they weren't, get, you know, they're not giving their daughters any wisdom um, of mm. how to take care of yourself postpartum. Our culture is one of the only culture that doesn't like have any rituals or anything around um, that first 40 days of postpartum, mm. like those first six weeks. Most other like countries and cultures have like a ritualized um, like gathering of women and doulas and support for for moms because they know how important it is. Not here. It doesn't exist here. We get one like measly six week visit, six, you know, after it, the damage is already done, essentially. Right. 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 I just want to clarify by here, you mean the US. Yeah. Because yes, we, yes. we have a few listeners outside of the US. I actually, Kate, I want to say something to this. I was yeah. just finishing up reading um, Lily Nichols' book, Real Food for Pregnancy. She's actually, mm. we have her coming on in the fall. And one of the things that blew my mind, to your point, is mm. all of these examples of soon-to-be mothers being mothered during yeah. their birth. And then, like, the first, you know, each, each culture has a different length of time, but say 40 days, for example, where they are home with right. their mothers. They go back to their family home where they give birth, and then they are mothered Mm-hmm. by their mother right. where they have an opportunity to learn to be taught and to be taken care of in in like a deep deep healing way um yes. and i guess the interesting thing to me was that i didn't even realize that the way that we do it you know yeah. it's all you know it's all we know yeah and there so, are, yeah there are there are so many things during that first six weeks too. Cause like there is something to, you know, mo- yeah. Mom being taken care of really pours in, but it it's because these things compound and it's like, we used to know this. We used to have like this wisdom, like inside of us, but we, and we used to be so in tuned with our bodies and like, inset- and even like ancestrally, like, yeah. it, like you know, a hundred years ago, they didn't know like, what minerals were depleted in our body, in their body. He just instinctually knew that like, hey, we need to, we need to care for the mother in, the, in these first 40 days, because if we don't, things are going to happen totally. later on. And so we're, we're totally, we're totally missing, missing the mark on, on that, on that first 40 days of care. Um, so when we were putting together this plan, it was like, okay, we're going to have to go retroactively kind of do some things um because now some some problems have compounded because we didn't take care of them then um so as we were working through some of that stuff um now and what i i was gonna say before she a lot of the things that she did with postpartum women was like iv treatments and stuff to try to replenish some of those minerals and nutrients and things luckily you know i'm in a place where we can do that um but we've found now other ways to actually um supplement that are sometimes better and then more accessible to more people so that was actually it was part of my treatment was to do iv treatments of some of these things um but or part of that protocol but um it was it was a lot of like a lot of that a lot of sleep a lot of focusing on Mm -hmm. 
um, like how to exercise again without depleting my body more, those types of things. But we were doing all these things. And it's funny, we didn't, at this point, we didn't test for anything. Um, so we hadn't done any testing. Um, and, and I, I think at that point I would, and this, honestly, I was like, well, I just don't want to pay for it right now. Like, let's just see how far we can get. Um, and then if we need to do it, we'll do it. Well, we needed to do it. (laughs) And so it got to the point where, you know, we did all the tests and we ran this hormone panel and it's so funny because I think we all instinctively know our hormones are all out of whack after you have a baby and, and it takes a long time to get those back in place. But we're noticing, we're looking, we're like, okay, what is going on with the cortisol? Like, what is going on with the cortisol? And and it hit us that it's like, well, stress management is a portion or like a piece of the pie that we talk about when we're talking about hormone balancing. We don't give it nearly enough attention at all. It's not the main mm-hmm. focus. And when we don't fix that first, it trickles down to everything else. So even if we attempt to re- balance all these hormones using nutrition and exercise and, and whatever, if we're not giving cortisol that main attention or focus, it's just going to happen again. Like we're not Mm. actually the problem. Mm -hmm. So we shifted focus and I, we started getting into all things cortisol regulation. So, um, basically we came up with these four main pillars, um, that we talk a lot about, but sleep, um, blood sugar, inflammation, and then your mental, emotional stress. Um, So yeah, so that's how this like whole postpartum protocol plan kind of came together. And it's funny because I think it's because we're mom daughter that we were able to like do the deep work Mm. to come up with the thing that works because I was like, she was watching me. I was telling her my experiences. We We were able to be like very real and open. And then I was obviously our first like real case study. Yeah. (laughs) You were the guinea pig. (laughs) And, um, and coming out the other end now, you know, it's, it's been about a year and a half and, and it it works, you know, it really, it really works. And, and so it was, it's been a ride. And so now it's just like, okay, now we know there's a huge need. There's a huge gap. A lot of women don't want to take medication. A lot of us are seeking um, other routes and don't have it and don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, how do we do this on on a mass scale? <laughs> and so for yeah. the last for the last year, we've been just like doing it one on one, and then we're gonna try to um, really bring it to the it, to a group setting. So that's. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that holds so much weight. And I think a lot of people will really either resonate with it or like I learned 17 million things just by listening to that one story. So um, thank you for that. But I want to hear about these pillars and I would love to hear about them in the context of like talking to our listeners, people who, as you mentioned, don't maybe don't have access to IVs at home or like, you know, those kinds of things. So can you take us through each pillar and just give us some examples of what someone listening who might be experiencing this right now could actionably like take with them and do? Yeah, absolutely. Hold Uh, on. Before you do that, Kate, Meg, I want to add to that question. Mm. Before you go into that, can you just give a brief, because this part I think is really important. When you were talking about having eight months 
of experiencing oh. something and not mm -hmm. being able to connect to what it was. Will yeah. you either from maybe even just from your personal experience, what are some red flags that people need to be watching out for in themselves mm -hmm. or in their friends or daughters Great or whoever, yeah. right? Where it might be like, actually they need to hear these pillars. Like you need, <laughs> you need to do yeah. this. Like, what yeah. does that look like? Because when I'm listening to you, Kate, I'm like, shit, this would be me. This would be me. I would think I'm in tune with my body. I know integrative medicine. I know how to, how to feed myself. Like I'm gratefully in a position where I have access to things and I know. Mm -hmm. And I would think the same thing. Yeah. I would love to have a natural home birth. My thought is, is it might be painful, but I'm going to know how to breastfeed right away because, you know, I've done this in several lifetimes, right? Like this is, I feel so connected to your story and I don't even have kids. Yeah. Right, listeners, that's important. Meg yeah. and I do not have children. Right. We are, as so, I said before, we are representing the Tink Club, the two-income, no kids club. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, tell us, tell us what are some of the signs and symptoms that people need to be mindful of? And no, I assume you guys know that this could be on multiple layers. It could be just a snippet of this or like full-blown way past what she's saying. And then the pillars dive into that as, as a next step. Yeah. I think the, the first thing I want to say is that with postpartum depression, anxiety, really any mood disorders, <laughs> it's hard. This is going to sound, I'm going to get, I'll get into some things to watch out for, but it does vary so much. And I think a lot of people, when they hear postpartum depression, which this is really interesting side note thought we say the word postpartum and everybody automatically associates it with depression and and i think that that's like a key to understanding like how much like how bad we are at supporting women during postpartum because it's like if if we just say the word immediately everyone's like oh i had postpartum and you're like well everyone with a kid has postpartum but but nobody says that everyone's like oh yeah i totally know what you mean De depression got it and it's just like, whoa, that's a testament to how horrible we totally. are for mothers during this time period. But that being said, um, the, I think a lot of people also think, oh, postpartum depression means you want to harm yourself or the baby, right? Or, mm. or something like, you know, to that extreme. And I, which it could include, right? But it could absolutely. Um, but it's, that's not the experience for everybody. Um, and there, and and depression also go kind of hand in hand with anxiety and those mm -hmm. like those intrusive thoughts of like <laughs> walking down. I remember, oh my gosh, I, I had again. I chuckle now, but like you walking down the stairs and you're like terrified because you're like I'm gonna trip and fall and my baby's gonna die or like moving like constantly moving like the shoes out of the way because <laughs> you're like someone's gonna trip and fall holding my child and like things like that, the anxiety, um, or like I kept a, I remember I had a journal where like, I literally for months wrote down every single thing she ate, every time she pooped, every time she peed, like the exact times, her sleeping schedule. Like I was like journaling like when she breathed, like I was, so wow. we also go hand in hand with some of those things. Um, so depression can look like a lot of things. I think the biggest things like the, the thread that kind of connects all of those different um, like manifestations yeah. uh, 
is that it's constant, right? Like mm. it's, it's a constant feeling of this, like, um, like hopelessness. Mm. And so it's, you know, while like baby blues and, or just like stress in general can make us have depressed, like moods or periods of time, we come out of them or we cycle through them. Um, this is like, it's constant, right? Okay. It's is always there. I also think a big thing is going to be isolation. You're going to see, and this is something from the people, like if you're looking at somebody that you love, you're going to see them pull away and they're going to tell you everything's like fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're, I think it's like an instinctual thing where it's like, they're, they are avoiding their, um, self isolating. Like they, um, they aren't really like talking, responding to messages, whatever it is. They're not going out in public, like period. You're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of looking at them and like, how are you even like getting groceries for your kid? Mm -hmm. You know, like they're not leaving the house, things like that. Um, that's a big, big sign to look out for. And uh, and one of the something, one of the other things would be like drastic changes in mood. Okay. Uh, so I was like, I would be fine, and then be very emotional. And this could be either like sad, happy or angry or whatever. And it was very drastic and very extreme. Um, so those are some other, some other tail signs. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then you have your, your kind of general, like general exhaustion, like debilitating fatigue, lack of appetite. Um, some of the Mm. things normally associate with depression, it's the same. Um, but those two things for sure, when you're looking for the signs in other people, I know my friend just had a baby, he's about six weeks old now and it was it's really funny like funny funny not funny haha but I was yeah I was on alert with her (laughs) I don't know why very like I was very alert with her she lives like five minutes down the road for me I like I noticed that she was just like totally retreating like like wow and I could tell and she would say everything was fine like she texted me things she texts me things and then at the end of them be like, but this is such a blessing and I'm so happy he's here. And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah. Yeah, like she would like she'd be like this really like this is really hard or breastfeeding or whatever. Like this is really hard and I feel like this. And then right afterwards, we like, but like it's totally great. And I love being a mom. Mm. You're like, OK, mm. and then you're and then she's like asking if I know anybody that will like come to the house to um she's like oh like to to do like a pedicure and then like she wouldn't leave the house at all anxiety of like putting the baby in the car and stuff and I was like okay so like I called her and I was like so what do we need to talk about (laughs) you need to say right now that you're afraid of saying out loud and she was like that I'm literally looking for one-way tickets constantly and I have price alerts out of my computer oh my that's great like let's talk about that because that is so normal (laughs) this reminds me of the I know I know that this is like a little bit of an extension because I don't have this experience but the closest thing I can think of is that scene in the sex in the city movie where Miranda and Charlotte are sitting on the plane overnight and Miranda's like take a drink say what you need to say and then take a drink it's okay it's just yeah (laughs) exactly yeah i love you (laughs) great that's what i thought of i was like oh it's not like it's not like 
it's not like an addiction. It's not like you're confronting somebody that has like a problem with alcohol or anything like that. Like you don't get defensive. It's more like, um, people, I think people are afraid to approach because they're worried about like you denying it. And it's like, I never wanted to deny it. I never wanted to deny how I was feeling. I didn't want to, I did want to deny the depression part. (laughs) I I never wanted to deny how I was feeling. I just felt Sorry, terrible. For- <laughs> you can say it exactly as you want here. Say you want to say. I have for- the mouth of a sailor. Yeah, so I just fun. thought people were going to think that I was literally a terrible person. So I didn't say anything. So to have like my mom at the time or even my husband be like, hey, like, that's a- like, it's okay. And you can say those things and no one's judging you and no one thinks you're a bad mom and no one thinks that you're failing. And like, and then I was able to just, kind of say all the things that I needed to say. And that was really the beginning. Um, but I think that's part of it. It's like, if you want, if you feel like someone, if you're listening and you feel like, Hey, there's someone in my life. That's like, sounds like this. Like, you can't like go to them. <laughs> like this yeah. is like, don't be afraid because this isn't like, they're going to get mad at you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not that feeling. I think it's like a relief when someone's finally like, Hey, why don't you tell me all the things that you don't want to say out loud? And I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm actually just going to like sit here and let you say what you need to say. And then um, we will figure out a plan. Like, wow. You guys hear that? That piece feels really, really important. Yeah. For for like the support system people, the friends, the mothers, the Mm -hmm. husbands, the fathers, the brother, whoever, all the people around you. that even for me, mm-hmm. I mean, Meg, how many times have I told you there like every single human I know is pregnant right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every single one of my girlfriends is pregnant or preparing to be. It feels that way. And to, to know this, Kate, is so huge. As a person who loves deeply and feels the pain of mm-hmm. other people's pain, you know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners are going to relate to that. This is huge to be able to yeah. look for and know and have have the words, which I appreciated, which which might be, you know, what do you need to say that you're afraid to say? Yeah, I'll hold that space for you. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah. and it doesn't have to leave this room if you don't need it to, you know, I mm-hmm. but I think what you're saying is that that will pull the string that will allow mm-hmm. everything else to kind of fall in right. a good way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. like, it's just it's, it's that um hey, now, now we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. Like, yeah. we're not, we're not going to leave you here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. alone. This feeling of you're yeah. not alone. Yeah. And, and yeah. this, what you're experiencing right now, this isn't, this isn't normal motherhood. Like, I don't care yeah. what people are telling you, like moms, mo- being a mom is not a diagnosis. Oh, it's like, Woo! You know, like, it's not like this. You don't, you don't deserve or deserve to be, um, overly emotion like overwhelmingly emotional or exhausted all the time or at your breaking point or stressed out to the max like that's not that's not just like being a mom hello curious women thank you for tuning in kate and michelle had so many juicy details to share that we split everything into two parts so thank you so much for tuning in to part one part two is coming at you on monday tune in Thank you so much for listening to Curious Women. 
If you love our show, you can support us by leaving us a five-star rating and review. And if you know someone else who would really love our show, please share it with them too.